1: can't go on. Hi, folks. This is Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix on the 6th of April, 2010. For the newcomers out there, I suggest you go into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website. You'll find hundreds of audios for download for free. Bookmark the other official sites I have listed there because sometimes the com site goes down. And if you've got them listed, you can always pull the latest shows down at your leisure. You can also go into Alan Sentinel.eu. That's one of the sites. It's a European site for the same audios. uh, But it's also got the addition of transcripts of a lot of the talks I've given for up, And you can choose from the various languages of Europe. It's a very good site. Lots of folk use it. And remember that you are the audience that bring me to you because... I depend upon your donations and purchasing my products, that's my books, etc., on the website, to keep me going, to tick over, because I don't uh, take money from the advertisers. The ads on the show are paid by advertisers directly to RBN for the broadcast time, and that pays the staff, technicians, and the broadcast itself. So it's up to you to keep me going, and you can do so by buying the books I have for sale, the discs I have for sale at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. How long this can last, I don't know, because people tried this in the past, hoping for donations and things, and they all went under. This is probably the longest-lasting one, but it's really just ticking over. It's up to you to keep me going. If you like this uh, alternative style and presentation of different facets of the news, where I do go into more depth than anyone else, then you got to keep it going and uh, I've made it available to the world for free. When you buy the books, remember, 2 you're helping someone else when I, I, because they're downloading for free somewhere, too. Maybe they can't afford the books, but they can get the shows because I've got to pay for the satellite uploads. I've got to pay for the satellite services. I've got to pay for all these different things. And believe me, as you know, nothing's cheap these days. And I don't have, have a, a, I don't even have a cell phone. I don't have all the gadgets you guys out there have. I just maintain the old stuff I have here to get this up. So it's up to you to keep me going. i either stick around or I won't go back to teaching private groups. It's quite simple to do. And that way I know I get paid quite a lot of money. And for those in the U.S. who want to order the books... Or donate, you can go into the, the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You'll find how to pay. The personal check is good from the US to Canada. It's mainly the US that keeps me taking over. The average take from the Canadians is from $100 a month to 280 per month. So for the US, I'd be, it wasn't for them, I'd be down. Simple as that. And also from the U.S., you can order through an international postal money order from your uh, post office. Distress International money order. You can also use Western Union MoneyGram or Cash. If you want to purchase the books or any of the discs for sale from the U.S. to Canada, just use the PayPal button. For donations, donate the appropriate amounts and send me a separate email with your order. And I'll get it out to you. Same across the rest of the world, remember... You've got uh, Western Union, MoneyGram, Cash, or PayPal. That's the way it goes these days. Eventually, there'll be one system only, as we all know. It's designed that way. And uh, we'll have no problems then uh, as it gets filtered through all the government agencies. that will take off their various taxes and energy taxes and carbon taxes for all that energy that you're using for transmitting the payment. But that's not far off, mind you, but it's, it's not here just yet. It's on the books, so. though. And I hear the music coming in, and I'll go on with tonight's topics. We'll come back from this break. Alan Watt we're cutting through the Matrix. I'm sure by now everyone's heard about the, the WikiLeaks uh, the video that's out there now, that happened, I think, 2007, where U.S. troops in a, a helicopter gunned down for fun, basically, and slaughtered unarmed civilians in Iraq. And I, I thought I was already out because I saw one similar a couple of years back, and that could be a different episode or a different to uh, a different happening but what gets me is that the public kind of need this once in a while and then they're shocked and it? it's forgotten of course but uh, we live we live in a, a fantasy world anyway uh, truly uh, if you think that this is what uh, wars is really is about peacekeeping and handing chocolate out to children and taking photo ops with the troops by their own PR uh, people in the army um, do you really think that's what war is about? To Any country who gets an occupational force uh, put into it is going to suffer the same kind of things. That's the lesson of history. Troops, uh, are, are uh, they have no individuality. The first thing you do in drilling troops is to drill out the individuality until they obey. Obey is the whole thing. And become like little killing demons you're training them to be the opposite of what's tolerated within your own society. You can't act like a hooligan in your own society. You can't go around killing dogs, people, or anything else for the fun of it. And you go into the military, and their whole idea is to warp your mind so much that you lose your individuality, turn you into supposedly a killing machine. And uh, you'll find in every unit uh, there's always a head person who's more psychopathic than the rest, more, more macho, supposedly, and they prove their machinous by uh, doing acts like this. The rest will follow on. They're, they don't want to be called a wimp or other kinds of names that are derogatory. So this is what, hap- this is what happens all the time. In occupied countries, the people have no rights. When they get killed, uh, there'll always be an official explanation for why they were killed. There always is. Because it's like the police, when the police gun down somebody and they find out it was a mistake, they make sure they leave behind a carry, a throwaway gun. A throwaway. They always carry throwaway guns to put near the, the so-called suspect. And um, it's the same in the military. You must always find a legitimate reason for, your, for slaughtering people. And that keeps the army squeaky clean. They don't like bad publicity. But it's, it's the way of history. It's happened through every major war. Every major war. And these guys uh, have, are brainwashed. I'm not justifying them either. I don't support troops. I never have in any country supported troops because I know what happens to them. I know what their purpose is. Remember, Kissinger said in a, 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 an interview, he said what he, what he thought of uh, troops, the American troops especially. He says, he says that the troops, the American troops are, uh, he said they're, they're just uh, dumb, stupid animals who are to be used for foreign policy. And uh, he was being quite honest uh, from his elite point of view. That's how they see them. That's that's what they are, actually. He was right. He was telling the truth. When you go into the military, you are a dumb, stupid animal who is used for foreign policy, policies which you won't even be told about. You won't even know. You're taught the base level of propaganda to get a job done, you don't care who's benefiting from it, what the real plans are, the big corporations are going to steal everything out the countries that you're helping to occupy, you don't care, you're quite happy being young and, and stupid and running around with a gun, you've become GI Joe, and um, you you now can have the big machine gun and act a hard man, when in real life you're generally a coward on your own, and that's a fact, so uh, WikiLeaks came out with this, as I say. They've, they've tried for a while to get it out to the public. They've had a lot of opposition. And they did get a write-up in the Daily DailyMail.co.uk uh, about it. They said, uh, fun in the sun, U.S. slaughters unarmed civilians, just like a video game. Because that's what it's like to these guys. And I've said year after year after year for many years... That the generation that are wearing the uniforms now were brought up specifically with the video games given them in a basic the, the worst atheistic system uh, that they could possibly devise for them to grow up in, where the state then re gives them their their values revalued they call it, which means pretty well no obedience to anybody except their paymaster. And they've been taught with video games to just slaughter um, whatever figures they see running around like a video game. The games were designed for the military, and when they started to promote them to the public, you couldn't tell right away something was up. Well, uh, 20-odd years later, they've got them in uniform, and they're doing exactly as they've been taught their whole life to do. It's that plain and simple. And that's what the military is about. When you drill, as I say, your individuality is drummed out of you. Any little uh, sarcastic comment to the drill sergeant, and he's on you like a ton of bricks because he doesn't want you to be a smart aleck. You have to be dumb and stupid and say yes sir, no sir, and all the rest of it. That's all they want out of you. And you jump and you do what you're told. And if you're told to go off and slaughter people, you'll do so. If you're told to torture people, you'll do so. That's what they do. Everything of some, like a, a bizarre dream. You know, they talk about the great unconscious as, as Carl Jung talks about it. Subconscious and unconscious. The unconscious was the sea where all memories, all knowledge was kept. It was beyond the moral side of things because it was past the censorship part of your brain. Anything was possible. That's where your nightmares come from and odd dreams where you'll do things you'd never normally do in real life. Well, that's what's promoted. When you go into the military, you're coming from one society where they used, not so long ago, they'd hang you, and still some states in the US that they will still fry you. And then you're you're taught that you've got the greatest respect. Now you're simply changed from your rags to your uniform. Rags to uniforms. And you want to go off and kill people because you're a little boy who's never grown up yet. You want to be somebody a big man, the big shot. I've, I've seen uh, what they call the bloodied photographs of uh, troops from different countries. They always have bloodied photographs. That's their first kill. And each each one gets these to keep, you see. And what they'll often do is, is hold the hold corpse up or whatever, or sit in it or laugh in it or do some grotesque thing to it to dehumanize and show how brave they are with a big smile on their face that they're not scared at all at this grisly spectacle. And some of them will even put their finger in the bullet hole uh, that killed their first victim. That's called getting bloodied. And they all do that. All your little sons and daughters over there that come back to you and you go go off to your awful fast food restaurants and that and talk about the the great times you're having, etc., Ask them about their photographs, their bloodied photographs. Ask them if you've got the guts to do it, to see if you're still proud of little Johnny. But that's the real world. That's the real world. What was interesting was when you look through the history of uh, of the 20th century, the most disciplined army was the German army. They had less of all blood, rape and pillage than other countries. Everybody else had tremendous raping and going on wherever the troops went in and killing of the victims afterward. That was part of it, you see. And um, Germany had the lowest instance of that because they were so disciplined. The Russians, when they went into Germany, were raped and killed wherever they went. So the more suppressed a society is, where the people are, are less powerful, they have less pe- uh, personal power, more totalitarian this, the system, the more they take it out. If you can't take it out on road rage or or, or, or speeding your car, because you really you have no power in your own personal life, you, you go into the military and you can take it out there. You know, that's what they do. Nothing new in this whatsoever. It happens every day. It happens every day. And every military has a big legal establishment. That tries to cover up everything that happens every day as well, and they're very successful at it. They get an awful lot of cooperation from the media. So I won't even hang on that, but I'll put these links up from the the Mail, Daily Mail, and uh, the YouTube one on my site at the, at, uh, the end of the show, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, and you can go and see it if you're so fascinated to do so yourself. But I've seen many like it before. And it's just another repeat of what I've seen. I remember saying on a a, a radio broadcast when they were going into Iraq, just before it, in fact, they showed you some PR shots of uh, troops dancing, American troops dancing, on a carrier ship on the way over, half naked, or some of them were naked, I think, to rap music, and... uh, and I thought we're sending the bar i said I said this on the air said, we're sending the barbarians in to one of the oldest cultures in the world. That's what it looked like to me because that's what they've raised for this particular purpose for this particular function, and yes, they will be turned out on the public back home. A few years ago, I read the statistics from the newspapers. On police recruits, and it was over 90% in the US of all, all police recruits at that time were coming directly from the military into police. And that was all planned years ago too, that that would be, that would be happening for this particular time. Where once again, they'll be allowed to throw off the, the normal restraints of society control, societal control, and get turned loose on you and do what they want. And they will be covered bug again by their bosses above them. So that's that one anyway. And I've got lots of articles tonight too to show you how everything's planned years ago. Back with more after these messages. We're cutting through the matrix. Today, I was going through a lot of uh, academia's publications, and you're really shocked when you get into the uh, the global warming stuff and how, for 20, 30 years, they've been working on blending um, all your taxes into a new system for a new era. And they hit upon, of course, the idea of global warming for many different purposes, but they all tied together. But it's all done through academia, through all the big uh, universities, with a lot of the other universities all tied in with it, too. And many, many, many professors that, uh, have, been, have joined these, org- these uh, societies they belong to associations uh, to get in on the big cash cows. And they've, they're making a fantastic fantastic living out of it. A lot of people are actually going to retire shortly. They've been living their whole life on grants, uh, working towards this particular global agenda. And I think I touched on last night, touched on uh, the fact that uh, what they use are test areas to test out anything before they hit the general public or the whole world with it. For instance, Aurelia in Ontario, for quite a few years during the 90s, was the test bed for the cashless society. And they gave them the, the customers and stores uh, these cards and lots of freebies if they would just keep using the cards and nothing else, wherever they went. And all that data on them was all stored and kept, and any problems were ironed out until when they introduced it. Uh, for, for all of us, it's, a, it's perfe- a perfect system. There's no problems with it. They use islands for different reasons, too. I remember reading uh, or watching a a documentary years ago on Iceland and how a big company, I don't know if it was Merck or who, had made a deal with the government to test the population with various drugs and their health and so on because they had an isolated population uh, with with no really outside mixture of genes. And, of course, all these folk were getting pestered by... Uh, The company, this this, uh, pharma company, uh, and they had to go along with it and fill forms out every few months and go and get medical inspections and their children because the government had made a deal, so much for democracy, but they made a deal with uh, this pharma company and got lots of cash coming in and lots of politicians' pockets were filled. Uh, The same thing happened with uh, Finland. I was looking through an article by an Oxford University Press book, on geoengineering, uh, carbon taxes, all this kind of stuff. But it's really all about the new economy. See, everything we're going into was decided, as I say, 30 odd years ago, maybe even further, as a new system to take over from labor taxes, taxes on labor. And they go through it all, and they touch on the fact that Finland was one of the first countries to be used as uh, uh, the transfer Country. The transference of taxing you for just, just labour and gradually putting it on to purchases under the guise of energy taxes, and carbon taxes, and so on. They were doing that since the early 90s with Finland. as a testbed for the world. And eventually, that's how we've all, to be, we've all to go through it. We're to be a gradual transference of your taxation on labour to everything you purchase for all the energy you use, your electricity, gasoline. Um, gas for cooking, whatever all, all energy will make up in an abundance and more so than just taxing you for labor. That's what it's all about. And it's a done deal. These are massive uh, organizations working on this for for the big boys, the bankers and the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and all the rest of them. The big the big boys who helped start it off with the funding. Now they've got government and tax money uh, thrown at them. All government money is tax money, but they're throwing most of the money at them now and keeping them going. So it's a a done deal, but it's astonishing when you just go from one university to the next to the next and study papers, study papers, all working together with this incredible network of professors and associations uh, and putting all this money, feeding all this information up and up and up till the top economists uh, work on it then. Talking in languages, it's not meant to be understood. Not meant to be understood. And with the climate intervention technologies, they're talking about doing, although they have been doing it for 12 years. Remember I always say whenever they talk about doing something, or before they sign anything in a law or, or have meetings about it openly for the public, it's they've been doing it for years. Whatever it happens to be, it's the same but the Asilomar International Conference on Climate Intervention Technologies took place on March the 22nd to the 26th, 2010. And uh, this is a conference to develop the risk assessment and management strategies for climate engineering research. And this was in California, and it was so funny because there had all these professors inside talking about what the consequences would be uh, on the human population, animals, wildlife, and all the rest of it. And uh, because it's chemicals and heavy metals is going to put into there. And uh, outside were all the protesters who were protesting for years about the ongoing spraying that isn't supposed to be done yet, according to the guys inside the hall. Of course, when you go into the names of the guys inside the hall, uh, you'll find that they worked for the Pentagon, many of them, uh, on these very, very projects and mainly for warfare purposes in the past. So, uh, I'll put this link up for you to see as well from the Asilomar International Conference. But it's so funny, this double, uh, this duality they put you into. We're thinking about doing it, but we're unsure of all the the physical consequences they have. You see, you don't have uh, conferences like this unless somewhere you've already got data on the physical consequences. And they've got lots of data now over the last 12 years has been spraying the bejesus out of all of us massive bronchi is cancerous and so on back with more after this break
0: you're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth
1: hi this is Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. If you want to really see the future and see how huge and intertwined all these organizations are to do with the coming transfer of taxes from simple labor to everything that basically tax for existing and turning around and moving and eating and heating yourself or buying something and how much energy it costs supposedly to create that thing, and how much CO2 it would have cost if they went through some complicated mathematical equation through their special computers that are built for the purpose. You've got to read Carbon Energy Taxation Lessons from Europe, edited by Michael Sku Anderson, and Paul Eakins, and it was put out by Oxford University Press just last year. And uh, it's one of the big books, which I'm sure all the CFR guys uh, are mandated to read, for instance, and should try and get a copy of it. So it's Carbon Energy Taxation, Lessons from Europe, Michael Skoo Anderson and Paul Ekins, E-K-I-N-S. It's utterly fascinating when you read through it and you see all the different associations that are involved across the entire planet uh, on bringing in this new world order system, and that's what's going to be. It's all based on taxation of every individual for everything you purchase, everything you need for simple living. See, remember, this is the stage of stage of austerity. The new economy literally is built on a, a sort of feudal system of taxing you for everything. That is the new economy. Not for real goods, real products. You'll have some, maybe, uh, basic essentials, but uh, no more goodies. As we're taught to have, no more goodies. But at the same time, you'll pay more taxes than you've ever done before, and probably in the history, right through the 20th century, into the, the feudal times. Literally. No kidding you. That's what it's all about. So you got to have a, a read at that. And... Here's another article, too, about the new economic order, and this is, uh, this is mainstream. Mainstream, really, their job is to give you tastes of it, but never going into any depth on anything to familiarize you with an idea that's coming. That's, that's what media's job is, as a form of predictive programming. They won't go in and tell you what I've just mentioned about Oxford University Press and, and that book or, met, or the many other books I've looked into from the CFR. They won't go into the CFR's own website. Anybody can go in and go into every facet of living. They deal with it all, all, every facet of living, right down to what you're going to eat shortly and what you're eating now. This article here is from Global Insight, EU Struggles to Establish a New Economic Order, published March twenty eighth, two 2010. So it does not always look that way from the outside, but the European Union sometimes thrives in crisis. As is a PR piece, that's what the media does. They get handouts given to them and they just publish it right there. Rather like the architecture of the Pompidou Centre in Paris, much of the EU's uglier political plumbing wraps around the outside of the building rather than inside, as 27 national leaders often conduct debates among themselves by shouting across their borders with an eye on domestic electorates. Then they all come together and compromise in the name of European solidarity. What a PR piece that is, eh? And um, there's different links come off it and what they're into and all the rest of it. But basically, the last part is the only interesting part, (laughs) as far as I'm concerned, the article. They all yell at each other and then they all come together and compromise in the name of European solidarity. They don't care about the uh, whatever the decisions are made. They don't care on the follow to, to the public, uh, or the cost to the public, uh, they'll compromise. But that's what politicians do. They compromise and everything. That's why they're all corrupt, you see. You see, if you truly have principles and you truly believe in what you're doing, uh, you cannot compromise on things that are going to hurt other people. You can't do it. But these guys have no problem. Politicians never have had problems, and that's the history of politicians. That's the history of Politicians. Now, another article you have to look at soon, I'll put this link on my site as well, is Rockefeller Philanthropy Advisors, Carbon Disclosure Project. Uh, and from there, too, there's a lot of links go off into what they're involved in. see says, the world's largest shareholder social responsibility initiative and representing more than 30, they have $31 trillion. This is a philanthropy, one part, just one part, of their philanthropic causes, one area. $31 trillion in investment assets, so they can also invest, you see, and deal as businessmen under philanthropy and pay utterly no taxes at all, because they're registered under a charity. And it says it's focused on disclosure of the business implications of climate change because that's the new economy and these guys created it all. They dreamed it up, you see. And they're the ones who are going to reap the harvest of it all. The massive money and carbon trading. What a great thing. You don't have to, you don't have to have bubbles in the markets, even bubbles of CO2. I mean, it's all bogus and beautiful. No one's measuring anything. Or weighing anything. Or they can't even verify anything. But what a cash cow this is. And we've all paid pay the money to these characters. It'll filter through their various banks and get eventually to the Rothschild's own family bank in Switzerland. That's supposed to happen for the whole world. Amazing, eh? But yeah, it's really a sort of investment corporation, this part of their charity the carbon disclosure project and they advise other corporations on how to do it and get in on it and make lots of, lots of bucks no outlay, nothing it's beautiful, isn't it just buy and sell, buy and sell buy and sell nothings carbon credits and they'll even sell them to countries you see they make all their money off all the people in the countries, and then they sell credits to the countries. Oh, you you have to use uh, x amount of energy this year in this sector. Therefore, we want more carbon. That that produces more carbon uh, through our computer model. That is, and therefore, uh, you know, you've got to buy extra carbon credits. We we just happen to have them here, and that's how it works. So, uh, utter scam! Beautiful. It's the best con the world's ever ever seen best con and i never had so many con men under the guise of science on their side before on their payrolls before than they have today to convince the, the public it doesn't take much for the public because they're kept in utter ignorance and I read that article last week too where the scientists actually said that the public are too ignorant to understand us so we'll just bypass them <laughs> and go ahead yeah that's what we are. We're ignorant little, well, serfs, really, in a feudal system. And planetary skin is part of it. Planetary skin news. Interesting. Uh, it was first mentioned by uh, the IPCC, a meeting they had about a month ago, I think it was, or five weeks ago, with uh, Petura, who took time off from writing his, his uh, terrible um porno novels, that's what he does in his spare time, which he's got lots off, apparently. And uh, uh, he mentioned that this we need to link everything together under a planetary skin. What it is, is, again, the Internet of Things, constant data collection, and will also be, again, transferred into energy use with all that data and everything that's happening in the world so they can get their global taxes too, because they want a big chunk of the global taxes Uh, and they may do so if Petura plays the game and gets on his knees to to the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and and Al Gore, all the front men, really. They're really front men, the Rockefellers and uh, the Gorers. They're front men. The Rothschilds really are the bosses, always were. They set them up to, to be what they are a long time ago. But it was posted on November the 12th, 2009, and that's, well, that's how far back it actually went. Now it's all in the news all over the place. By Time Magazine, what happens to the Earth when a forest is raised or energy use soars? We don't know because environmental data are collected by isolated sources, making it impossible to see the whole picture. With a the theory that you can't imagine what you can't measure, NASA and Cisco Corporation have teamed up to develop Planetary Skin, a global nervous system that will integrate land, sea, air and space-based sensors Helping the public and private sectors make decisions to prevent and adapt to climate change. <laughs> yes, changes in the weather. The pilot project, a prototype, is due by 2010, and that's what's going in now. We'll track how much carbon is held by rainforests and where. Utter bogus, eh? It's all theory. It's all theory. How much carbon is held by rainforests and where? And there's even articles out now exposing, from from, uh, mainstream, exposing the cons in the the guys who have bought uh, so many acres, like the World Wildlife Fund of the Amazon Forest. They bought it for peanuts, and now uh, they hold some of the biggest carbon credits because it's a carbon sink. Now now they're given more carbon credits, you see, which they can sell to countries that they claim are polluting. You see, ordinary folk with a conscience couldn't get into this. Understand it's psychopaths that rule the world. It's always been that way, mind you. At one time in tribes, when a psychopath became a chief and he wanted to stay in power and pass uh, power on his relatives or his descendants, the local folk had no army to stand against them. Uh, They were the army and they would bump them off and get rid of the psychopath. That was the end of the gene pool. But today you see the psychopaths have been for a long, long time and they've really been breeding with each other. And uh, they now run the whole system and they have the armies to put against you if you get a bit too upset. And they will use them because they are psychopaths. They don't have a conscience at all. So anyway, this pilot project is starting now. and This Internet of Things is all part of it. All your house energy, your personal energy, uh, energy from your car will transmit immediately to satellites and back to this project. Everything to get meshed with this this, this um, uh, planetary skin idea. And you'll get tax bills and all the rest of it. Actually, they aren't going to have tax bills. It's going to be taken straight out of your bank very shortly, everything. Be straight out of your bank. They've even done studies on the, the age groups to see who who will succumb to it easily, and the, the ones up to the age of uh, fifteen are already sold on everything. Fifteen years old, and they already spend extra five bucks for, for uh, call waiting, an extra five bucks for this service, that service, so they can always have communication anywhere they are. And yet, they're the least. Where did they get their money from? From their parents. And then from there, it's up to the age of twenty-five. Who are still internet savvy, but uh, they're not spending all their time on the darn things or on the cell phone. And then over that age group, they'll have to work to get them all into it. They've even done all those kind of studies, you see. Everything's done by information and power, power. Information is power. Knowledge is power. Now, John Dewey, many years ago, uh, so he, he was taught over in Frankfurt again, the Frankfurt School, and he set up the American uh, educational system. And he said in about the 1920s or 30s, he said that um, eventually, he says, we'll teach the children nothing in in the school about history at all. We'll give them a fake history, he so. said. And that way, no group will be angry about any other group because of things that happened in the past. And even talked about changing uh, the various nations' histories. Orwell adapted that into the memory hole idea. Anything that wasn't wanted by the authorities went down the memory hole, never to be gotten again. This article here is from the Mail Online. It follows right in with this: Europe now, you see, and because this is the standard for the world, the, the Dewey idea. By the way, one of his descendants, uh, I think it was, uh, became Watson. Uh, who worked with the uh, double helix. Amazing how they're all connected. Eh? How Eurocrats want to spend 1.1 million pounds changing the English channel's name to Le Pond. And uh, this is the 5th of April, the mail online. Without it, there'd be no British Isles, no Whitecliffs of Dover, and Captain Matthew Webb would never have found fame as a nifty swimmer. Yet the mighty English Channel status could be reduced to that of a mere creek if Brussels has its way, which it will, of course. The officials want to rename it the Anglo French Pond as part of a plan to bolster the notion of an EU superstate. More than one million pounds, much of it coming from the British taxpayers, call oh, everything we, we pay for our chains everywhere we go, eh? We even pay for our insults. This is being spent drawing up a new map to be distributed to schools and bureaucrats. A new map, you see. A new globe of the world, too. It defies censors of history by wiping out current national borders to foster cultural identification between regions and encourage greater integration. Oh, it's it's just to do with an economic deal. That's what they told people. (laughs) All those years as we're integrating Europe into a super-parliament. Under the plan, southern France from Cornwall to Kent is joined with northern France and becomes known as the Transmanche Zone. Its capital is Paris and has its own socialist president, Alain Laverne. The west of Britain is parceled off with parts of France, Spain and Portugal as part of a new Atlantic region. Eastern uh, Britain, along with Sweden, Denmark, Germany and the Netherlands and Norway becomes the North Sea region. And Scotland breaks away from Britain to become part of the northern periphery with parts of Norway, Greenland, Iceland and Finland. The mapmakers state the channel has become a zone of multiple interacting and overlapping activities. This is not a comedy I'm reading now here. It sounds like one, but I mean, this is actually happening. It's a shared space, a shared space, a small Anglo-French internal sea, the interplay of activities both on and around what has become known as the Anglo-French pond. Eurocrats admit they're trying to undo the work of the geographer Ptolemy, who named the channel Oceanus Britannicus in the 2nd century AD. They declare a thousand-year period, beginning with the Norman invasion of England, now nears its end as the same island becomes physically linked to the continent of Europe. The Tories accuse the government of backing plans to erase Britain's history. I love how they have these parties, and they're told what to complain about and all the rest of it. I and mean, once they're in, of course, they do exactly the same. They go along with it. and yeah. Community spokesman Carolyn Spellman said, Labour ministers have already sought to replace England and its shires with government office regions. And that was all United Nations too, though. They, they put a map out in, during World War II with all of this in it. Now, British taxpayers' money is being used literally to wipe our nation off the map raise a thousand years of history and downgrade the English Channel to the insulting status of a pond a conservative government will scrap these Euro plans and save the English Channel that will never happen that will never happen don't believe it don't believe it in fact Cameron's uh, uh, in-law just got uh, a whole bunch of windmills uh, put on his estate so he's going to rake in millions of, of pounds a year because he's in the old boys club you see because the first guys who get the, 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 the sniff of what's coming down the pike with government contracts and and things to be built are the, the House of Lords and all the sirs. And his, his in-laws are sir, you see. So it's going to be two million pounds or three million pounds a year extra for having these things on, on his far-off land. Back after these messages. Hi folks, this is Alan Watts and we're cutting through the matrix and just a tie-in that last article before t- the caller. is from the Sunday Times, this one, March 28th, 2010. Wealthy landowners make millions in the wind rush and it mentions the different ones, the different lords and sirs and guess what, you know, Cameron's relatives are getting lots of cash for these windmills getting put up on their their massive estates, you see and drinking in millions of taxpayers' money. The taxpayer, by the way, is building them as well, all as well for the private companies. It's a beautiful no-lose situation for the big boys. Now, we'll, we'll go to uh, the phones, and there's Sean from England there. you there, Sean?
0: Yeah, hi, Alan. Hi. Hi, how are you doing? Not so bad. Cool, it's a pleasure to be talking with you at last. Um, I just wanted to say, confirm that um, chemtrails are alive and well in Portsmouth, Having spent an hour and a half today out with a friend, um, yeah. we saw at least six or seven huge arcing chemtrails right across the sky mm-hmm. for miles. Nobody seems to notice, and so uh,
1: Not nobody wants to listen. Yeah, they don't want to listen, and they don't notice. And generally, these, these new ones spread so quickly into this white mush that
0: yeah, becomes... Yeah, exactly, uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, you can't really have a definable a cloud. Mist
0: within a two hours, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah it's incredible.
0: Yeah symbology and uh, things are being used against us in some form
1: well symbology has always been used against us that's just it i mean all all religions even even uh, pre-christian pre-judaic religions all had their symbols and all they always had their the the good ones for obedience and forgiveness and the the evil eye type ones to scare the jesus out you so we've always been run by symbology uh, well, these guys um,
0: specifically point out the use of uh, ferris wheels, um, obelisks mm-hmm. and pyramids uh, along the Champs-Elysees. Yeah,
1: in fact, there was a, a book put out by a Freemason uh, back in the 20s. I have it here, in fact, and he goes into a prehistoric symbology where they found a lot of these uh, sun symbols, ferris-type wheels and that type of stuff. And, and, again, it ties in. It's good to read Carl Jung because he really was the guy who went into symbology in a big way. He thought a lot, a lot of it was innate within us. It comes out, give a child a pencil, and watch what they draw. And they'll draw little stars, little suns, uh, things like this. It's very, very common. So, in other words, it's a natural language from the unconscious, archetypal, and they use that against us. You
0: know. Yes to do with uh, there was one in particular that he set up in Paris um, and it has uh, water ballasts underneath and -hmm. they believe every time they set it up that um, it's been it's basically order out of chaos the uh, Mm -hmm. the sun symbol is being brought up with the uh, Well, well
1: the sun itself I'll tell you the sun itself is supposed to bring order out of chaos when it rises Chaos being all the, the, the dramas that take place with the zodiac and the stars and, and the various lesser gods going through the sky and the heavens at night. That's called chaos. And they have all these little fairy stories and mythologies of, of the different gods fighting each other uh, as, they, as they pass in procession. And then out comes the sun in the morning, chases away the darkness, which is fearful, and and the rebirth again. And, and he's the order of the day. He He's the order of the day. Make his way pay, it's straight. That's what they say. Make his path straight. The sun is coming. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay,
0: thanks, Alan. That's great.
1: Thanks for calling.
0: Thanks. Cheers.
1: Bye bye. Bye now. But remember too, a lot of people are making lots of cash on spirituality these days, and a new age, and you, and you can make your stuff, own stuff up forever on it too, and it sells a lot of books. So you know, if it's a hobby, it's fair enough. But you don't have to spend money these days. Go to the library and look at the old books. From Hamish, myself, from Interior Canada. It's good night. May your God or your gods go with you.